this is the illusion reporting from somewhere on space ship earth got my tonic water oh some montana cash big sky country financing that game uh, what's happening Lynn, Jackson, here we are, Tuesday night in the dream, Tuesday night in the dream, dude, Island Ryland, dude, there you are, Victoria, oh, we got Victoria Pickle, then Victoria Henry, oh, I was looking for a hat trick on the Victorias right there, Josh Gunler reporting for duty, How's Owl? He's good. He's good. I got him this rad dragon full body outfit today, dude. He's fired up, dude. Carooster reporting from the PNW, dude. The countryside safe and secure from those who would smash up museums. Good for you, Carooster. Gonna, gonna fall asleep. This is subliminal knowledge. All right, Ryan. 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 Three weeks. The sun's zooming in. Meltdown's expected. So there is like a heat wave going on. I found it caught me by surprise. I have to say from, from New York, how long have you been living in California? Too long. I think I've been here on this run for, I think I've been back in Cali since 2002 when I moved out from Pennsylvania Pennsylvania I was there for four years, four years, four years, five years, five years in Pennsylvania. Any advice for a teenager? Don't take on debt. Probably don't bother with the indoctrination center and manifest your dreams. Manifest your dreams. Don't hesitate. Don't let the uh, don't let the other crabs in the bucket pull you down. Don't tell anybody what you're really up to either. Just go do your dream, dude. Don't let anyone. There's this there's this concept called the jealous opposition, which metaphorically is the crabs in the bucket. So uh, just do it. Just do it, man. Believe in yourself. Time short, time short, teenager, time short, man. It seems endlessly long there in Teenageville, but I will tell you, it moves quickly. It moves quickly. Where does morality come from? A good question, man. Intrinsic values handed down in the DNA coding 
released by God? Yeah. Lana. Lana Wilcox. Yeah, man. Just be solid, dude. Chase your passion. Chase your passion. Don't let anyone stop you. Chase your passion. The more people that tell you that you're stupid and you're doing it the wrong way, the more you know you're on the right track, especially as a teenager. Buck the system. Buck the system. Are you a real? I don't, I don't believe in religion. Am I a spiritual person? Absolutely. It's funny. I was, I don't know what I was listening to. And it was breaking down, was breaking down the, uh, the, uh, that those, that those who, whose understanding of God is religion is, is if those who haven't experienced trauma in life and recovered from it, and those who've experienced trauma from life understand that God is spirituality. It was, it was a pretty, I'm not doing a very good job of paraphrasing that, but basically what it was saying is like to the part of the true human experience, religion, no, Jesus, yes. Part of the true human experience is, is we got to go through some sort of traumatic event. And you could say that being born was traumatic enough, but uh, most of us have some sort of event in our life. Those of us who truly like attempt to live this life. And uh, for me, it was, it was, it was alcoholism, right? So my alcoholism, traumatic event is losing your child. Absolutely. Traumatic event could be a, a car accident. I remember having a, I remember being in a pretty, I, in a pretty, Involved with a pretty serious car accident when I was a teenager or 19-ish. There can be a lot of traumatic events. Some people it's cancer. Some people it's divorce. Some people it's being molested as a child. Some people it's having their parents divorced at an early age. Some people it's... I had this friend, friend in, in high school, Brandon Silvera. He was on the crew team. He uh, rolled his car, brain trauma. And uh, at, at when we were in high school, you know what I mean? And uh, so anyway, what I'm getting at is everybody's story is different. Everybody's event for those of us who are out living life. Many, many people spend their life milk toasting and fence sitting and, and not taking any chances, right? I don't get to have that experience. So, uh, so for those of us who have had a, 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 a truly had an experience that is uh, that separates the 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 time space of life, that time before the traumatic experience would be religion, institutional worshiping of a. understanding of God put forth by institutions and people and ways of thinking. And then you have this overcoming this event in your life, 
where the the thin veneer of reality is revealed to you and you have to you have to climb your way back from this traumatic experience and that's spirituality because when we are spiritual we understand that it has nothing to do with buildings books what people say yeah you can you can go there with God and and all that stuff, but when we uh, when we truly climb out of the depths of our personal hells and we go seek God, that to me is spirituality versus religion. As how as how I heard it explained the other day. Again, I don't know if I'm doing it justice what this other person was trying to explain. You know, actually, I think it was. I've been, you know, the last couple months I've been listening to a lot of, uh, not a lot, but he's been coming up in my thing is that, uh, what's that dude? What's that black dude? Ralph Smart. Ralph Smart. Some people call him a a charlatan or whatever. I don't know. He's delivered some good messages that I needed right on time, dude. Again, I don't confuse the message with the messenger. I I separate the wheat from the chaff. And, uh, you know, I think that was what Ralph Smart was talking about. Because uh, it's it's all pretty real. Yeah. Heavy, Kimmy. I'm sure you, I can't imagine, you know, it's funny. I was, uh, I was in the, I was in the shower just now before I did this. And I was, uh, thinking about my, my son, Owl. And I was thinking what you, about what you've experienced. And I was, I was cherishing the day I had with them. And I was like, did I maximize it today? Did I actually spend, was I truly focused? Was I, did I miss a moment? Because, you know, it, as as life is, there's, there's moments where, uh, you know, you know that you've missed the moment. So it was funny. I went to, uh, I had to go, I had to go mail some stuff today. I had to go send some, some stuff to the IRS, the IRS. And uh, I was like, yeah, God puts your heart back together. I don't know how you overcome. That's what's interesting. I don't know how you overcome major traumatic events in your life without God. I, I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I, I think about how rough my, my journey out of alcoholism was because that was before I understood God based upon religious concepts. And then I got sober and I I found God through spirituality, but that journey was long. And then I think about the events of the fire, of losing everything in the fire and almost getting divorced and the the separation and all that stuff. And and luggage a legend. Glad you dropped by, man. Good night. And uh that that trip through that traumatic event was very easy and i and i don't throw mean to throw like like make it like it was very hard it was like very difficult and emotional and 
taxing and all that, but it would compared to the the first major traumatic event that I had to separate religion from spirituality, if you will, and truly give my life to God. That second major traumatic, which was way more traumatic situationally than getting sober was night and day different because I had God with me. Infinite waters. That's it, Carooster. Infinite waters. That's that's it. Infinite waters. Yeah. And uh thank you, Carooster. Yeah, so I've been I've been I've I've been listening to some infinite waters, dude, because I like I don't need to like get I that it takes me away from it all and, and it's it's worth listening to sometimes for me personally, dude. Other people would this and that. I don't I don't care. I like Ralph. I think he's uh yeah, he's got a gimmick. He's got a gimmick, but don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? Isn't that the nature of this medium? Is it there is a gimmick to it? It's not it's not an untruth. It's just the nature of Whoa. This is the illusion reporting from somewhere on spaceship. We all I have all my 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 little rhythms, dude. And uh I don't shy away from it. The difference is is the res the resonance of the frequency, right? And so, what I I guess what I'm getting at is is when you have God in your life, and you get to experience your first true traumatic and uh, your first true traumatic event that you overcome with God versus finding God. Wow, man, it is a, it is a night and day reality. And, uh, I'm truly blessed to be able to, to go, you know, I was, where was I? I was, I was talking about maximizing my time today with, uh, with, uh, uh, you definitely do illusion. That's why you, you correct. That's brings me hope. Yeah. Infinite waters, man. And, uh, so I was, uh, I went, so I went to the, the post office box to mail some stuff and drop off some mail for the IRS. I said that. And I was like, I was driving over to, uh, I was going to go get some kids Motrin, whatever, dude, for, uh, so I was going over to the Target and I was passing by where the skate park is. And I was like, let me just, they changed all the restrictions last week with parks. And I was like, let me swing by the skate park and see if it's open, dude. And it was, it was open. A bunch of kids there skating around. I was like, rad, but I was in my flip-flops. So I was, cause I haven't needed to wear anything but flip-flops the last six months, dude. Like the first time in like 15 years, I've just rolled in flip-flops. Like there's just no reason to wear like normal shoes anymore. Like it's, it's this weird new state unless you're like rolling because I used to like roll before like I was always ready to do whatever I did so I'd never want to wear flip-flops anyway so and now my shoes so I was like all right I went back and I got my shoes and I came in I told my wife I was like dude the skate park's open I'm gonna go check it out like novelty like you know it was like getting ready for dinner and stuff and I was like, I have to, it's just novelty. Like the last time I skated was the day at, at our local park was the day before the lockdown. 
Like the day before the lockdown, we were all skating and then it just locked up. And uh, so I was like, I got to go skate. So I went up there and I grabbed my skateboard and dude, it was funny. There was just like kids rolling in with their skateboards and their scooters and stuff everywhere. So I go up to the, it's a teeny little park, teeny little, poorly designed, but it's got a rad little bowl you can rip around in and it was packed. So the sun was setting, it was packed. It was rad, man. It's a bunch of kids, young people. You know, I was the oldest person there by like 30 years probably, dude. You know, I don't care. Go do my thing, dude. Get my shred on, dude. And uh, I don't know, dude. I was just appreciating all these young people skating and, and uh, me skating too. And I, I, like I said, I don't care. Skate circles around most of these people. There's some good skaters there too. And But there was like, you know, there's a bunch of... It was funny, it was this, you know, like in this world of skateboarding, there's, uh, you know, this thing with the scooter, scooter kids, right? The kids on the scooters, you know? And uh, it was weird. I was so stoked to see them. Normally you would be like, I guess nine months ago, they would have been like the scourge, like those dudes. But I was like, ah, the scooter kids are here. This is rad. We're mixing it up with the scooter kids. And there's some, there's a couple bike kids there and... Just a bunch of people like off the chain, dude. You know what I mean? Like off the chain. And I was listening to him talk. A bunch of kids who hadn't skated like a park and since it closed back in March, dude, right? Yeah, probably been skating around the street, but I don't know. If you're, it's just like it's nice to go roll around at your local park. And uh, so I was listening to these kids talk and I was realizing how lucky I was because I actually make the pilgrimage once a week down to Venice to walk over the homeless people and, and step over the piles of poop to go skate or like super gnarly skate park, you know, a real skate park. Because this one's small. It's too small. I go too fast. It's hard for me to stay contained in it, dude. And so, uh, you know, Venice can contain me. But, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty grim down there. It's very desperate situation down there in Santa Monica and Venice and stuff. So, and I've also, you know, I went up to the burn side and skated up the burn side, dude, like uh, six weeks ago. So, you know, I was pretty tuned up, dude. So I was listening to these other kids, like talking about how they hadn't skated in months and this and that. And I was like, wow, man. And it was just, it was just cool to uh, hear the sound of a bunch of kids skating. You know what I mean? So anyway, so I was, uh, so I was like, all right, I just skated for like 20 minutes. Just wanted to go get in, get out, do the novelty of it, like skating down the street from my house. So uh, it's funny, I haven't street skated. It's weird that the, the whole coof thing, I just stopped street skating. And it's like what I should have been doing the whole time, but I just didn't want to street skate. for. I don't know, it was weird, dude. Strange vibe, dude. I don't know, dude. And so... Uh, I'll get, I'll get to the conversation I have with this kid later. But uh, so I was like, all right, I got to go over to the to the Target and get a couple things. And uh, I went over there and I was like, let me roll over to the uh, Halloween section. I'm not, I'm not a Halloween guy on any level, dude. Salween, it's a satanic ritualistic horror show, dude. If you're not hip to what Halloween really is about. But... I'll keep it on the, like, generic, dude. Like, oh, we're out decorating pumpkins. So Owl and I, the last couple of days, because he hasn't been feeling that well, and 
he's been home. So we've been crafting. So we've been, we've been hanging a bunch. He was like, came home from school last week with a ghost. They made like ghosts, whatever. And, uh, so we hung our bunch of ghosts. We've been making ghosts on the tree. And then I took a bunch of zucchinis and we made spiders and stuff, dude. Cause we, you know, we got a glue gun right there. Dude, the glue gun, see that? We got a glue gun. <laughs> so you can, you can do that, dude. So we, uh, so our tree, our, we have some tree out in front. So we got it all hanging with ghosts and spiders and stuff. It looks pretty macabre. And uh, so I was over at the Tarjay and I took a swing by the, uh, the Halloween section. And I was like, dude, they had this rad, rad uh, kids costumes, right? And they had full body costumes. And uh, one of them was like a full on dragon, dude. And so I bought Al a, a, a dragon outfit, dude. And he was, so I bought Al a dragon outfit and I saw it was like two for one or something where they were on sale, dude. So I got him a shark outfit too, dude. And, uh, dude, I, so I was like, all of a sudden I was in the hollow, the Halloween zone. I was getting him these outfits, dude. And I was like, oh, he's going to be stoked when I get home, dude. He's going to wear this stuff all the time. And, uh. All of a sudden, I was like, I'm going to get into it, man. Talking, I, I guess what I'm, I'm kind of bouncing off Kimmy there is, is, is taking advantage of every moment that is the day. As a person who's not into the thing, and, and I've been very, you know, I don't dispel like myths. Like Al knows that what Christmas is really about, that it's, that it's totally a fraud, and we talk about the birth of Jesus and all that stuff. And, and I'm very clear about that. We don't do Halloween, so to speak, and we're not into satanic rituals and I keep it pretty PG, but I definitely have sowed the seeds that like, we're doing it not to do it. So anyway, I was, I was over there and all of a sudden I, I had got him these two costumes so he could just run around and be a, a child with costumes. Cause he, he loves that stuff. And all of a sudden I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to get some stuff and decorate the front of the house. Cause we live in one of those neighborhoods where like people are decorating their yards and stuff. And so that's why we're putting the home crafter stuff in the tree out front. And then I was like, I'm going to get some like lights, got a spider web and some, some sparkly spiders and stuff. And I just got all into it. Right. And so I came, I came home and Al was so stoked. He was just so stoked. He's like, you got lights, dad? Like, like you got lights? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you got spiders? Oh, he was so fired up on the sparkly purple spiders. He's like, you got spiders? I'm like, yeah. And I go, I go check this out. And I broke out the costumes, dude. And he like, ah, he stopped eating dinner and was just put on, put on the, the, the dragon costume and, just ran around the house for like an hour and a half, just being an entertainer. Oh, it was so great, dude. It was, it was fun. We had fun with his sister and it was like one of those family moments. But it was that thing of, uh, of just letting it all just be good for a minute. You know what I mean? No drama, no nonsense. 
just a child with a dragon outfit running around the house claiming he's a superhero. Just, and had a whole story going on and a whole thing going on. And, um, yeah, it was, it's cool over here doing the crafting stuff. It take, I'm one of those. It takes me a minute to get going. When Al the other day, like three days ago, was like, I want to make Halloween stuff. I was like, I, like what do you, you want to make? He's like, I don't know. I was like, I don't, I, I, I don't know, man. I, like, I don't like jump into stuff all like, yeah, dude, like, let's, let's do this thing. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and, I, and I, it was kind of like this tough moment, but I was like, and then I'm like, I'm letting down my, my son. I'm not maximizing the moment with them. And so like, you know, his mom got home and she's, she's a little bit more crafty than I am. And so they were over here making stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go get some, some pumpkins, man. Like, all right, I'll get, get some pumpkins, man. I don't know what to do. Like, let me just go get some pumpkins. So I, uh, I went and got a bunch of pumpkins, man, and I uh, brought them all back. And they like, I was so stoked. He came out the trucks trying to carry them and. Then we started decorating pumpkins the other day, dude. Should I, should I show you the pumpkins? Wait. All right. So... You know, because we got glue guns. This is, his mom made this one. This is his mom's pumpkin, right? Right? That's mom's pumpkin. And then this is Owl's first pumpkin, pumpkin one. As this is him. As he made this, man. That's, that's all the bird, dude. That's all Owl's pumpkin, all right? So these are the little ones. So like I was saying, I'm a, I'm a slow start, dude, with anything in life. I'm just slow to get going. I don't know how to jump right into stuff. It takes me a minute. And I, I was a little bit that way, but he knows more what he's doing than I do. So I, I find, they kind of got going and then it was my turn. You know, mom had to go do something. And so then I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to make up. So this was the pumpkin I made. This was my, my pumpkin. So I, uh, I made this pumpkin you know, staying in the tradition, but I added the, uh, the smiley face out of black felt because we, we got a crafting station over there. So this was my pumpkin, right? So when I'm making this pumpkin, Owl is making his next pumpkin. I got to kind of, I got to kind of surprise you with this one. So again, going back to the thing of like, we're not a traditionalist, like we're trying to break free of the uh, traditional demonic nature of most of these holidays. So we're not doing the standard deal. So this is Owl's next pumpkin, dude. And let me tell you, dude, he's a creative young man. 
This is this is his next this is his pumpkin, dude. Check that out, dude. Like no, seriously, dude, check that out, dude. That is legend. That's all him, dude. That's him. The only thing I helped him put on was this. But that is that's him. And I did I did cut this out for him. But uh but dude, the topper is the piece of wood, dude. That's what I mean. Like he went out to the garage and was like went out there and was like came back and he's like, Can I have this? I'm like, Yeah, you can have that piece of wood. And this is this super radical wood that I got back when I had the shop going, dude. And uh it's a scrap piece I just hung on to. I still have a big plank of it, but he came back and said, can I have the wood? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, dude. And then he like, he came out. I was doing something. He came out. He's like, look at my pumpkin, dude. And I'm like, dude, next level. Next level, right? I should, I should actually go out and get the, get the, uh, the spider we made out of uh, squash, dude. But so, so anyway, it takes me a minute to, uh, to realize how precious time is. Like I, like it's hard for like, as, as just as my character defect. It's hard for me to just be like, yeah, I'm doing that. And like, yeah, like I, I, my reaction to life is like, nah, I don't really want to do that. Dude. I don't feel like doing that, man. Nah. Takes me a minute. I learned that one of my character defects is I have to say no first in order to do anything. If I don't say no, then I, then it's, then I'm, I'm, uh, Oh yeah, we're we're pumpkined up, Carooster. So I have to uh I have to uh I have to say no first. It's weird. But so but I'm with with Owl, you know, because time's flying. I like I was just looking at him the other day, I'm like, he's five and a half, he's so big all of a sudden. I'm like he was like, pick me up, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm only gonna be able to pick you up like a little bit longer, dude. It's just time's flying, dude, and so I guess back to what Kimmy was making me appreciate was I treat every day like super, super special. And I, and I catch myself all the time not appreciating the gift, the gift that is the, uh, my little, my little human, dude, my little, my little mini me, you know? And so, uh, so yeah, it's gnarly, dude, you know, it's gnarly being a, being a parent and uh so uh yeah you know you think about these things man and so anyway I was I was in that I guess that was like the thing I was in the space and I was in this target and I was just like I just jumped in with with both feet dude for the second, I was like, all right, man, I'm going to hang out. I'm going to hang lights in the front of the thing. I got a big one of those big spider webs, dude. The, the whole thing. It's like, you know, like the cheapskate in me was like, this is don't spend money, dude, type of thing. And then I was like, dude, 
<laughs> Meltdown's expected. The sun's zooming in. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, when are you going to do it? If you're not going to, you know, when are you going to do it? Right? So I was like, all right, what the heck, man? Let's, 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 let's turn on that. Let's turn on the lights out on the house. And so it was funny because after we did that and played around, I had this, uh, one of the high frequency tribe, two young men out of San Clemente, Evan and Evan and Evan and Chad. Uh, I, I think it was Chad. Apologize if I got, if I, if I forgot, but I was going to write it down, but I didn't. They called me up, man, and needed some advice. 21-year-old surfer kid. And uh, and I was talking to this dude about supplements and spacesuit and the time we're living in and being distracted and just trying to focus in on life and be super present. And, you know, you realize that... uh, that we're the lucky ones, man. Cause like, yeah, it's hectic, but like, we're not like afraid on a certain level. Like there's moments like, Oh my God, what's going on? But like, I don't live in fear. I, uh, I'm pretty free. That's why it was rad to be at the skate park. Nobody was, it was a super spreader event. If anything, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> bunch of, bunch of kids. Going at it, dude. So, so I was talking to this kid tonight, this young man, and I was just thinking to myself, I was like, this dude's calling me up for some advice about something. He's like, I'm calling a bunch of different people around to get, uh, he had something going on. He's like, I'm calling a bunch of people, getting some advice about something. Figured I'd give you, give you a call too, man. And I was like, right on, dude. And I was like, I was tripping, dude, that like, you know, again, I forget because it's generally, it's just me sitting here chatting and I can look over and see all, all my peeps and um, doing their thing. But it was, it was, it was interesting. I was it's interesting talking to this young man just, you know, down in San Clemente which is very, fairly close, just going, all right, man, like, this young dude's, like, awake and happening. It's it's just like the, what was it, Lana? Teenagers, some teenagers watching this video, dude, like, checking out the stream, dude. I, it, it's funny, because, like, I watch other people's streams, and the numbers are pretty big, and I'll be like, oh, there's, like, 53 people here right now, right? But it's it's like actually people that like want it, that want it to count for themselves. So I know that like my fifty three is probably energetically like someone else's five thousand. If you know what I mean, dude. Hey, what's up, minus one hundred? I'm gonna kick you in on that too, dude. And. Um, it's just, it's just a, it's just a trippy time, dude. It re- it really is. And, uh, there's something, I think there's something hopeful going on right now. I, I, I can't, I can't explain it. Really? It was funny. I was, uh, you know, getting anyone to join a stream is an accomplishment. That's right, Kimmy. You know, we have our, we have our thing. You know, I, I get it that I, 
it would be one thing if I did it at a regular time. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's 1130 at night on the West Coast. That means that it's, you know, 230 in the morning in, on the East Coast. Like, you know, and, and then Bathel, Bathel's like having coffee or tea. You know, and the, like, so it's, it's just this very, it's a very interesting paradigm, this whole, when it is, and, and I, and again, it's, it's the, it's the freedom of, of, oh, dude, I might, I might have botched my, uh, future consequences, thank you, appreciate the, uh, appreciate the Halloween decorations, my my podcast audio might might bone out if you're listening to the podcast because I uh, I did move the phone to a funky place and so it was uh, yeah it was uh, it was a good vibe man and um, ah wait wait we got Josh Scott hey thanks for riding the bike the other day. I think that's the one I'm gonna pull the trigger on. Can't wait to get out on the trails. Oh, good for you, man. Dude, there's a kid, Josh. Go tag me. Tag me in my Instagram page. If you're up in Portland, there's a there's a young man who's set up a whole like track thing. He's one of us up there in Portland. I don't know if he's over on the Vancouver side or the Portland side of of the Columbia, but he's got a whole like course set up, dude. It looks rad, dude. So uh, if you DM me on Instagram, I'll link you guys up and you can go shred with these, these dudes. They're building trails, dude. They're like, they got something, they got something going on. When I was up in Portland, he wanted me to come by, but I, I like had left town when he got a hold of me. 30th anniversary of the Burnside this year, just AKA if you're up in the, uh, Portland, Oregon area, dude, like go down to the Burnside on Halloween, 30 years, dude. I, I'm going to try to get up there, man. I think, dude, I, uh, I, I, I really like 30 years. Wow, dude. And, uh, I don't know. It was trippy. So it's all just so trippy, dude. I don't know, man. Like I said, it's all just so trippy. I'm trying to, I think I might be locking just to, just to fully bat around with you. I think I might be locking an interview here on Saturday morning in San Francisco with a brave, brave man, dude, a brave, brave man. And, um, I'm kind of waiting on a confirmation on it. I've zeroed it in. He's vetted me because, you know, safety nowadays is super important. And this dude's really, has really stuck his neck out on the line. And I was like, dude, you're close by. You're that close. I'm going to try. I'm going to, if I, if you'll, if you'll make yourself available, dude, I will drive the six hours up to interview you for sure, dude, just to support you, dude just to get this dude's message out. So I'm going to keep that under wraps who it is at this point till it gets confirmed. And then uh, I, I, if it gets confirmed, I will be, I will be going up to San Francisco here for a surgical strike. I'm going to go check, check out some uh, freedom actions 
up in the up in the uh, city by the bay, and then I'm actually going to go investigate the, uh, the 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 see the damage of the fires up there, man. I think uh, I think it's uh, again. It's, it's I'm a semi. I'm a reporter on a certain level, dude. Like I do. Wait for my moments, Carooster. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of fired up to really go meet this dude. He's one of the bravest people I've seen in a long time, dude. And some of you'll know who he is because I've talked about him before, dude. And uh, but I re- like one of those things. I applied the same model that that I tell people to apply to me. I just I just DM the guy, I just reached out to him and was like, hey, man, like, uh, Calistoga, that's the other fire. I'm going to go check out the, uh, the, the, uh, Santa Cruz one. Cause that's my stomping grounds. Like that's like one of my homes of life. So I'm going to go see what, what actually happened up to the, uh, the forest that I've trekked many a times. Yeah. Calistoga got that. Yeah, a lot of places have been hammered, man. You know, but uh, out of the ashes, the phoenix rises, right? Yeah, Santa Cruz is hammered. So I want to go see how I want to go see how some of my favorite trees are doing, dude. Check in with those redwoods. Redwoods are designed for fire, though, so it'd be interesting to go see how 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 they survived, man. But uh, yeah, I, I so I do have a potential journalistic activity slated for uh. Saturday, Sunday. Everyone's everyone's moving out of the big cities, man. The big cities are are uh, not safe, dude. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be living in San Francisco. I wouldn't want to be living in New York City, dude. Man, it's there's some scary. I don't want to switch into that stream, but there is some scary stuff going on in New York City, man. Like, wow, dude, you know, stuff you never, I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, man. Stuff that, stuff that, that you just thought, I thought we were never going to let happen again, man. I didn't think we were going to let that happen again, dude. Yeah, San Francisco used to be a rad city, dude. I lived on, I lived on, I lived at the corner, I have 625 Ashbury, man. I lived on the corner of Hayton Ashbury when I was... 1991, one, no, 1989, 90, somewhere in there, man. Hate and I grew a bunch of weed in this apartment with my buddy. We were skate. We went up to, we moved up there just to skate. That's when the Embarcadero was going crazy, dude. And the decks changed. That's right when the decks changed, man. San Francisco, dude. Cause I grew up up in the I grew up in the Santa Cruz Mountains up until I was sixteen, dude. So like, and then I went back to the uh, I moved back up to Santa Cruz to go to Cabrillo College, yeah. And uh, so we used, to, I used San Francisco is like second nature to me, man. And uh, I remember we went up there a couple years ago. I took the family up to San Francisco. I was pretty bummed to see. Back then, two years ago, it was it was sort of deteriorating. And then I've been up. I went up to those fish. I went up to see Ween. Yeah, the Ween show. Probably the last like like Ween show that will like God. I don't know what's what's Ween gonna do, dude. So I went and saw Ween up at the. Uh, I forgot where I saw Ween somewhere, dude. In the uh, like the 
San Francisco Civic or something, dude, up there and right above a knob hill, dude, I think. It was pretty rad, but again, it was, it was, again, it was that thing where, man, they'd really let San Francisco go. And that was it. The Bill Graham Civic, that's right. I saw him, I saw him at the Bill Graham Civic for two nights, and then I went up for two nights the next year and saw him somewhere else, dude. I'll tell you what, at the Bill Graham Civic, they did Pollo Asado. I was like, Asado? Pollo Asado, dude. That was, well, I had 25 years I'd been waiting for them to do that, dude. But yeah, those shows were good, man. But, uh, you know, so San Francisco's like a second nature to me, man. I, I feel very comfortable up there. And uh, I haven't been there since all this went down. So I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see what it looks like, dude. If I make it up there, we'll see. We'll see if this, if this, if this dude confirms the time, I'm going to make it. All I need to know is the time and the place. And then I'm going to boogie up there. Future consequences. He won't even go to SF anymore. Yeah. I mean, these, these urban, these city centers are like, I like, it's that thing like Santa Monica, Los Angeles, there are, those are all wastelands now, dude. I was, I was uh, in Santa Monica last, I went and skated last Friday, Venice. And uh, I was like, I, when I swung by the, the REI because I needed to get some Yakima, some racks for my, uh, for my rig. And um, so I pulled up there on 4th Street and the vibe was so it was like a sunny day. The vibe was so grim, dude. There's just a there's just a grimness. I I can't ex explain it really. It's not like it's just like it's like Santa Monica is like if you had like dirty sun. You know when you have sunglasses on, right? And they've just they've gotten like sort of dirty from your fingerprints and sweat and stuff and you just haven't cleaned them in a while it was sort of like that there was like a filter of darkness in santa monica and like let me tell you i went to high school in santa monica in 19 i graduated in 1987 santa monica high right and santa monica in the in the 80s was the the late 80s mid 80s i guess was uh like thrashed and like deserted it wasn't thrashed it was just sort of deserted dude there was nothing going on there and then you know they revitalized santa monica pretty heavily over the last 30 years that's it 30 years 90 yeah yeah 30 years and um you know they destroyed it during the uh first wave of the uh celebration of drug addicts and destroyed it and that sucked so now it's you've got this thing where due to the the uh the actions of the uh county of los angeles and the governor of california you know santa monica's economically just been thrown into the abyss plus they had the riots destroy everything so you go to to third street and now you got they got all the the mask mandate laws and all that kind of stuff man and you know it's like 
it, it's weird. I don't like consider myself a Santa Monica person, but I'm a graduate of their high school, right? When you graduate, I remember I was at a show. I remember I was like, there was some concert down at the pier. This was like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I was there with a friend of mine and we were, I don't know. I was something about a table. We were sitting out, we were hammered and some people were giving us a hard time and I was sort of, and they were like claiming like local status and I was sort of like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. And then like, I'm sitting there with my, I'm sitting there with these, these people were like trying to get us out of this, move us out of this, I forget what was going on. And I looked at them and I was like, I graduated Santa Monica High, class of 1987. What year did you graduate, Samo? But it was this weird thing where like, I never consider myself part of that city and yet I'm a graduate of that city. You know what I'm saying? It's just this weird thing because the way the school districts work when I was a kid in Malibu, you went to Santa Monica High. And so, you know, I'm a graduate of Santa Monica High, dude. And so like, yeah, so when I go and see Santa Monica the other day, I don't know, it just kind of bummed me out, dude. Like, I was, I literally went into the REI and was like, I don't want to be here. I got my car left. I drove over to the REI in the valley <laughs> to tell you how I felt about it. Because I was like, it was so dark and like all the buildings were boarded up with the, the, with the, with the like, this is cool graffiti. You know what I mean? You know how like you see all these boarded up cities that have been destroyed by the riots. They put the boards up over the smashed buildings and stuff. And then they put the like the murals of like, love conquers hate and, you know, Re all the, 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 the hands and the, the thing. And you're like, you're like, what? Like, I just, like, I find it offensive personally, dude. I, I do find that that art put over, it's not, it's not like it's birds and jungle scenes. It's this messaging art. And it's this, this art that is steeped in destruction and violence, claiming that the, that, that art is peace. And I go, no, that, that you claiming peace and love artistically on the surf, covering up destruction to me is the ex antithesis of hatred manifest as in, in art. Like it's one thing to put up art to cover up these smashed buildings and people's lives that have been destroyed and these businesses that have been destroyed and put up art to just make it beautify it. But this like, you know, hands reaching out, you know, black and white hands and like, we shall overcome and love conquers all. I go, what? What? That's not what went on here. That's not what went on in this community, in this little, little downtown. That's not what went on. Hate, hate went on, wanton violence. And so I was in Santa Monica and I'm looking at this town that I have this relationship with as part of my life story. And 
I just felt bad for it, dude. I like, I just felt so bad for the energy there. The, the energy was so bad. And it wasn't like, like, like the, uh, the whole thing. It was just, there was nobody there either. It was just sad and thrashed. And there was this fake art, like the fake art, man. It was all over Portland. I remember that in Portland, dude. I would be walking around and there would just be this art that was trying to claim like love triumphs over hate and all this stuff. And I'm like, like, it's it should the art should be like this is hate this art is I don't know man it's 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 sort of the the my I guess my I guess I'm more Marilyn Manson about it if you will like musically speaking like if if I can explain what I'm trying to get at is is I don't want to hear Bob Marley playing in a destroyed city. You might as well put the Marilyn Manson on and truly like show it for what it is, dude. You know what I mean? The bad nature of, of just political ideology and wanton violence and all this stuff, man. And so I was in Santa Monica. I was again, it was it was that same weird feeling I had up in Portland, man. The last time I was when I was in Portland, I was like, will I ever be back here? Do I ever want to come back here? Like, this sucks, man. This vibe sucks, dude. Like, I don't like this vibe. And I was just... So all these people in these cities and stuff, I, I can't I can't imagine what, what it must be like if you're a, a New Yorker. As a dude who's been to New York a bunch, again, it's another city that I totally used to cruise around in, dude, and had a gun, bunch of great experiences in. I went, I, I got to hold a million dollars once and, and buy a building with a friend of mine. And I get to hold a million bucks, dude. Give it to, the, give it to this Hasidic Jew, dude. This is epic. But you know, like, so I've, I've, I have a New York, I was there for 9-11. I was, I have a, know a lot of people in New York, man, and I can't imagine what a New Yorker must feel. Because New Yorkers love New York, man. It's not like LAers, dude. LA's LA, whatever, dude. It's just a kind of whatever. But New Yorkers love New York, man. And I can't imagine what it must be like for a New Yorker to feel that, like, I got to abandon my city. It's like that YouTube, that, that Talking Heads song find yourself a city find yourself a city to live in i i hear that song now it trips me out dude so you know i i like like i can't imagine being stuck in san francisco right now at least it's like you can get out of it fairly quickly like new york you're stuck dude like you gotta actually like pull the plug i mean the new york metro area is like complicated with the rivers and the bridges and the tunnels like you just can't you just can't get out of there man god if you're stuck on like you know i don't know man i just i feel for these these people dude that that have to like live in that experience man and i feel sad i feel sad for it on the uh 
on a level, dude. I mean, I, dude, so San Francisco, man, I had so many great memories of skating through San... I remember this night, my buddy that I was living with, we were on the hate, right? We took all this acid and we're like, let's go skate downtown, dude. Let's go skate downtown. And so we skated... Ah, we skated down over to Bush, dude. I think Bush is the one way into the sound. We skated, we bombed Bush through the traffic lights and all tripping balls, dude, just <laughs> passing cars and stuff. And I'll never forget, dude, I, I, at some point we're walking, right? We're walking up a hill and and we're tripping and, and San Francisco is a very magical city when you plug into it, man. Like the downtown was like rising out of the like street. You know, we're walking up the street and the buildings are there and the, you know, residential apartment, you know, the three-story buildings are lining the street and we're skating. We're just skating around and and the city's rising out of the middle of the street like like this crystal, dude. I, I'll never forget there was this crystal, dude, and we're skating. <laughs> we're skating. We're tripping balls and like... It's the whole thing. It's just this rad. So we just bomb this crazy like 10 block run and just we're ah, out of our minds. We're skating, right? And so the city's rising on this thing. We're walking up the hill. We get to the other side and we start skating. We're, we're shredding and all. The, dude, this doesn't happen to most people. All of a sudden, my kingpin snaps. For skaters, you'll know what I'm talking about. My kingpin snaps. Here, wait. Let me uh, Let me switch tapes here for the uh, my podcast my kingpin snaps so my uh, we're skating we're tripping balls we're getting right we the, the we go over the hill there and we're cruising around and the city's glowing down there it's, it's all magical my kingpin snaps like ah oh, dude it's all of a sudden i got a tr my truck in one hand and my skate and i'm like dude we're, we're we're coming on how we're doing it, dude, you know? And and uh, I'm like, my buddy was one of those dudes who wasn't that, like, agile in, like, dealing with reality, dude. He was, like, agile, like, really good skater and surfer and stuff. Like, agile as an athlete, but not agile as, a, like, a dude. And I was like, dude, like, so this is back in 1989, right? I was like... Let me go to the phone. There's phone books everywhere. There's phone booths everywhere and phone books. So I went to the phone book and I looked up a scout. I was like, there's got to be a skate shop around here somewhere, dude. I don't know why I thought it would be open, but I was like, it was fairly early, dude, because it was this time of year. So I find a skate shop. It turns out there's a skate shop like a block down the street, dude. I'm like, all right, man. Like there's a skate shop like a block down the street, dude. And so we we go to the we're tripping. Keep that in mind. We're tripping. We go to the skate shop, dude, and we roll in, dude. And it wasn't owned by skaters. It was owned by these age. There was like Asian dudes, man. But it was a skate shop. Dude. These Asian dudes who weren't like skater guys. And I'm like, I need a kingpin, man. I need a kingpin for my like skate, dude. Like we're like we're on one, dude. Like it's on, dude. I need a kingpin. Guy's like, I got a kingpin. He's like, I think it was a dollar fifty. It's like it's a dollar fifty. I got, and I'm like, oh, 
oh, because we had just left. The, we were, we ate a bunch of acid and just like walked out the door, dude. And, like we didn't fucking didn't grab anything. And uh, I was like, dude, I, I don't have any money on me, man. He's like, oh well, sorry. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand, dude. I go, I go, look, man. I go, how about I leave my driver's license, dude? I will come back in the morning with the dollar fifty, dude. I need the kingpin, dude. And he's like, no, dude, no. I'm like, bro, you don't understand, man. We're about to have like the skate session of our life right now, dude. You gotta understand, man. And uh, he's like, no. No, I'm not giving you the kingpin. I go, I'll leave my driver's license. I remember pleading with him, dude. Just like, come on, man. Like, I'll leave my driver's license, dude. Like, please, dude. Just give me the kingpin. He's like, no. Because they weren't skaters, dude. It was just some weird Asian dudes. I remember these age, two Asian dudes in there. Just like, it was like the shoebox. Thin little skate shop, dude. On like, bush. It was in a weird place. I don't even know. It's like... I must have conjured it up in my LSD mindset. But anyway, he wouldn't give me the kingpin. So we were sent packing. And I remember looking. I remember looking back because we had to like climb up the little bit of the hill heading home. Right? No kingpin. My buddy's skating. My buddy's like skating around. I got a, I got two skate. I got a, bro, a skate with a bro. Dude, never happens does your kingpin snap in half, dude. So I, I look back and the downtown is just glowing crystal palace, just fantasy skate land. And you have to understand this is 1989. This is before street skating skaters ruined everything. This is when you could go downtown anywhere USA and just skate your balls off and nobody was going to bother you. No one, you know, I got to say skaters ruined it for themselves by fucking with the, excuse me, by messing with the security guards, man. I've always resented skaters for picking those fights with those security guards over the years, man. Cause they really did ruin it for all of us, dude, but whatever they made skate skateboarders made skateboarding a crime, even though it's not a crime. Skateboarders own that dude. Cause I lived in the time when you could go to, downtown anywhere USA and just skate anything and nobody bothered you. Ah, those were the good old days in the late eighties, man. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so I, so we went, I remember seeing SF just vibrating and glowing and I was like, all right, I've had, I have, I've had a lot of psychedelic trips in San Francisco. So we, we, I don't, I don't remember what happened after that, dude. As we went home, did whatever, I tripped out. And uh, I'll tell you this other time, this other rad skating adventure, dude, we had me and my buddy, Sasha, he, he was like this rich kid. His dad was a movie producer, produced the Police Academy movies. So he was this kid and he, he bought this motorhome. I want a motorhome, dude. His dad bought him this sports coach motorhome. And, uh, He's like, let's go on a trip. Ah, yeah, let's go on a trip, dude. So we took his, his motor home, right? And we're like, let's, we're going to go north. We're going to go north, dude. Marin or something. I forgot where we went, dude. Somewhere up above Marin. So we get in this motor, motor home, dude, right? And we're, we're, we're cruising, dude. Partying. Again, this is 
1988, dude, when the world was wide open. It really was. And uh, for all you young bucks, dude, it's why some of us are pretty fired up about what's going on, dude, because we know, we know what freedom is, man. So we were on this, we were in this uh, motor, I remember we were driving through the fields. I wasn't, we were going up the one, taking the one between San Luis Obispo and, and uh, Vandenberg there. And we're driving through the agricultural lands. And, and you know, the, the motorhomes have an awning on it, dude. The, we're, we're, my buddy wasn't drinking. I was drinking. He smoked, we're ripping bong hits and the steering wheel, the whole thing. And, and all of a sudden, the, uh, the awning comes down. We're doing like 55. The awning comes down and like opens up, dude, and just balls up on the side of the thing. And and again, this my buddy wasn't that competent in like life skills, but he was super like competent like with the guitar and being a rich dude. With, you know, <laughs> there's a skill to being a rich dude, dude. By the way, and uh, so he uh, he's like, "What do we do?" I go, I go, give me a knife, man. He's <laughs> like, all right. And I go, I cut the, I cut the, the awning off the thing. And I just, because it was aluminum, you know, the attachments were, I was just forced them off. And I just got this thing. And I was like, dude, we're just abandoning the awning right here. So we, so that's part one of the story. So we abandoned the awning. I just don't really always stands out. Just looking in the mirror and seeing the pile of awnings sitting next to this, like, you know, agricultural field and uh we go up we spend the night up above marin in some forest out there not the muir woods and all that stuff i forget somewhere out by my mount tam or the backside up there somewhere dude i don't know took this giant motor home because we couldn't find anywhere like the motor home and so we pulled into this campground dude i'll never forget this we finally we pull into this like campground at like Two in the morning, right? Two in the morning. <laughs> My buddy hooks it on the... Like, we're stoned out of our minds on drugs, dude. And uh, he hooks it on, like, a rock or something, dude. And just, like, taking the turn. And it makes the loudest screeching... <laughs> and we get hung up on the thing and we're making all this noise trying to get this motor home off this rock, dude. I mean, the thing was sports coach. It was like 100 feet long, dude. And uh, we're making, I wake everybody up on this campground with this thing. People are pissed. We, we finally get settled in. We hang out up there for a couple days being weirdos. And uh, we had bags of like ounces of mushrooms. We we're just on on one. So we're we're coming back. We're like let's let's head let's head north south. Uh, we're done up here, dude. We're so we're 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 coming up to we're on the uh, Marin side of the Golden Gate Bridge. We're coming up to the thing, and and uh, it's traffic, dude. Traffic going into the city. Did I forget what? It must have been. I forget when it was. It must have been the morning, right? I don't know. There's a bunch of traffic, and uh, but I'll never forget. It was this day where the Golden Gate Bridge went one tower fog 
and fog circled the city and in the middle of the city was like, in the middle of the fog was the city floating, dude. It was the, we were tripping on mushrooms, dude. It was the raddest thing. The bridge went into the fog and then the city was floating on the, the clouds. And me and my dude were just like, oh my God, look at the city's floating, dude. San Francisco's crazy, dude. It is like crazy. So we're, we're so the city's floating, floating on this out there and this thing and the bridge goes into the clouds and we're tripping balls on all these mushrooms. And I remember... <laughs> Weird that we were trying to merge. Again, this thing's 100 feet long, right? This, this thing, and it's like, you know, bridge traffic merge, dude. And and we, like, and, and my buddy's like, we got to get over. So, like, all we needed to do, all I needed, I was like, I got it. I was, so I had to open the side door. I remember opening the side door and this lady and looking down at this lady and being like, we need to get in, dude. And she's like, and I'm like, no, no, we're trying to get this giant craft between these cars and we get in and we're we're in the thing and and we're sitting in the traffic we're tripping and we're going onto the bridge and the city's floating out there and and uh all of a sudden my buddy goes it's not gold i go what do you mean it's not gold he's like the bridge it's not gold dude I go, what are you talking about it's like the Golden Gate Bridge ain't gold, man. It's red. He's like, it's red, dude. He's like, it's red. I go, no, whoa, it's red, bro. And we have this like moment stuck in traffic where we, the, the screws popped out of our head. The city's floating out there. We're like, dude, it's red, man. It is red, dude. It is out of hand red. We're laughing. We're losing our minds. <laughs> and so we get to the other side. We go into the fog. We're like, dude, like, what do we do? We got this giant, like, if you're in San Francisco, you can't have a motor home in San Francisco. It's not like one of those mini Minnebagos, like the ones you see, the, the rent your camper thing. It's like a sports coach. thing had to be 60 feet long. We're like, dude, what are we doing with this thing in San Francisco, bro? Like, on the hills like we're dude like we're we shouldn't be here in san francisco with this craft man like what are we gonna do dude and and we're tripping balls and we get to the uh, we get somewhere out by like slow out there somewhere in the avenues dude and we're like dude let's just go skate my buddy was a skater dude and uh, we're like let's it's time to skate it's time to skate Oh, yeah, it's time to skate, dude. So we parked the motor home. And let me tell you, dude, one of the great skate sessions of my life went down that day. We did this run from wherever we had parked down to the, the ocean and stuff. And we would walk back up the hill because we were tripping balls, dude, and just like walk back up to the top again and do it again, dude. And we had this thing. We found this like school. It's like a school on the hill. I kind of know where it is. I've been back. There was this school on the hill where you could go, where you could get going and you could skate 
into the the school and there was like a run down this hill and around and blah, blah, blah. And you come out, man, like two blocks down. But it was like all like rad and hilly and just surfy, dude. And we would, we ended up doing that thing like a hundred times, dude. And we like, we did the big run a bunch of times, but we found, at the end, we found like the school run and, and we get, we'd, we'd be like, get to the bottom. We walk back up to the top and we'd be like, should we do this run? Look at this run. We've never done this run before. And we'd do it again. And it was like this time travel loop, dude. I don't know how long we were there. It could have been a, a thousand years. Every time we would get to the top, it would be like we'd never done it before. And we would just, I had the same experience in Bozeman snowboarding where I was every single day for like a month in Bozeman up at Bridger Bowl. I'd get on the lift and it would just be snowing. And I just, that was like, I was like three weeks straight. It was just nonstop, just nonstop snowing. And uh, every day I would get in the, on the lift and it would be snowing again. And it would just be like this time travel machine. I wouldn't know what day it is. I was just like, another day just shredding the mountain, man. So anyway, we're at this San Francisco and, and uh, we're just doing this loop over and over again. Over, I don't know where, I don't even know where we went after that. I don't remember. I do not recall. After where what happened after that skate session? I remember that was just me and the me and my buddy still like, I don't still just be like, God, remember that skate session in San Francisco? That was wild, dude. <whistles> <whistles> yeah, San Francisco, dude. I could tell. San, I got San Francisco stories. I'm not even telling the time traveler on the bridge story, dude. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Ween. I remember when Bill Graham died. We were living up in San Francisco and they had that giant concert in the park for Bill Graham died. And, and there used to be this cookie called Otis Spunkmeyer. I think the cook chocolate chip cookie, Otis Spunkmeyer chocolate chip cookie was uh, the, 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 uh, was the brand of cookies. And I remember the the Otis Spunkmeyer plane flew over this giant concert and dropping dropping flowers out of it or something, dude. And uh I I've that concert was crazy. All sorts of trippy people played that I'm like, I've I should look that up, dude, because I was there. The Bill Graham concert was free in the park, dude. It was so gnarly and big. And that was that same time where I went and saw that's the New Year's concert where I saw Nirvana and and where I saw Pearl Jam opening for Nirvana, opening for the worst live act ever, the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Cow Palace. The Cow Palace. Yeah, when I was a kid, I, we used to go up all the time to the Cow Palace, to, to, the, to the San Francisco County Fair. Used to go show my sheep up there. Yeah, so, yeah. I've always been bummed that San Francisco's deteriorated the way it has under the leftist policies. Anyway, man, just thinking about 
Yeah, just thinking about the new time we're in, dude. Like, like, yeah. Neither sad. I guess I am a little bit, dude. I'm glad I got, like, I guess to the young, if that young person's still out there, Lana, the teenager, go have, go, go have your experiences, man. But just make sure you check in. Check in with it, dude. Just check in with it and be there and experience it. Cause I like I didn't do I didn't take a lot of the right path. Yeah, I couldn't imagine taking psychedelics right now. Oh my god, it must be must be I don't know terrifying. Maybe it's like yeah, you're like oh, this is a joke, dude. I don't know, man. Weird stuff, dude. I'm sure people are. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine. I couldn't imagine dropping right now and just being like, yeah, dude. See people with the things all over their faces and maybe just laugh at all. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what we all, I don't know, dude. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is, is to the young person, man, to the young people out there, don't, don't not have experiences. Cause I can look back in a, I can look back. I didn't do the I didn't do it the way everybody else was supposed to do it. I didn't go chase down careers and houses and have families. I got all that going on now. 50. That's the thing. I was at the skate park day. I was like, I'm 51, dude. Shredding. Down here shredding, dude. As young as young as I've always been, dude. As young as I've always been, man. And uh I just like, if I just, I can click into it right now. I don't even, I think about all the, they're all microdosers. That's why it's all gotten so weird, dude. The microdosers, dude. I, I, I have this buddy of mine, dude. I've been watch, keeping an eye on. I know, I know he's up to that, dude. And he's like kind of unhinged, dude. He's, I, the microdosers are TDSing too, dude. I think that's part of the TDS syndrome is the microdosing, dude. Sc Scandia. I don't know, man. Like, like, I don't know, dude. Again, is, 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 I think if you need artificialness to, uh, I think if you need mind altering stuff to do it, like, I don't know, man, as a dude who's like sober, man. Yeah. I have a whole, like, I can tap into it all. Like I just did, dude. I just tapped into the whole experience I had, dude. Ah, time traveler's been told, dude. I do it way better, dude. That, that video is as, as pure as it gets, man. I could never tell the time traveler story again the way I told it that time. So that one's that one's in the archives, dude. Yeah, look for it, dude. It's it's early, it's early illusion, dude. It's it comes up pretty. I think you look uh what is it called? It's called um Time Travelers in the Golden Gate Bridge, maybe, dude. Yeah, drugs are old hat, dude. That's like the thing, dude. It's uh Sobriety is the new counterculture, man. And in that sense of like, you really want to like 
tap into like life's experiences, like you have to be present. I, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Like I said, like, like going, being in Santa Monica the other day, like I'm not like stoned or, or off. I'm like truly experiencing it. And it was like a heavy energy. It was dark. It was, it was scary. It was not happy. It was very, very, but I was there. I could feel it, dude. You talk like, like I always, I try to talk about it, man. You want the ultimate psychedelic experience. Just like be sober, dude, and make contact with God and roll with God, dude. Like you talk about true, like psychedelic dude just life man life without a bunch of i need something to enhance itness and truly like bounce in and out of like the great like today like this evening like just being in that skate park with those kids was beautiful man it was beautiful dude it was it was like a trip because i i appreciated it in a new way i'd been six months since we'd been up there skating dude there was like an older dude uh, there was one other older dude up there skating and he probably hadn't. So, you know, it was, uh, it's this thing is, is my, my advice again to, to young people is do you got to do what you got to do, dude? You got to do what you got to do. I have no, no condemnation of experimentation and abuse and all that kind of stuff. I just, I just throw this out at the end of that journey. The greatest high you will ever get is when you are not encumbered by drugs and alcohol and substances. It's it's the ultimate journey. Like it is. It's like the prodigal son. It's like Siddhartha, dude. It's, it's to return back to the source. And realize, dude, your your journey wasn't wasted. I didn't it wasn't it wasn't a wasted journey. It just it just had to play itself out the way it did. It had to be as beautiful. Dude, when, when we were young and doing that stuff and SF was beautiful, dude. And then it, you know, and then it, it plays your, itself out over time, dude. And, and like, look, you get lucky. I didn't, nothing bad really happened. Some other people, some other bad, some bad stuff did happen, dude. Like when that dude, there was, I, I had this story. Since we're just doing stories when I was living in Flagstaff with my crew of college cohorts and uh we were doing our thing there was this we had that our whole drug scene going while we were writing our novel and doing our thing and there was this dude Spidey Spidey this dude Spidey like was always trying to like we kind of, I would see him around or whatever. He's like a peripheral bro, like whatever. But he was always like trying to like, like get us this weed, dude. Because we were pretty like prolific in that department of like what we were up to, dude. People wanted to be in a part of our scene, right? And this dude was always like trying to like, and I was like, that dude's a cop, man. I always used to be to my buddy. I'd be like, that guy's a cop, dude. Why does he want in? Like... Why is he always trying to offer up all this weed and stuff, man? That dude's a cop, dude. I don't trust him, man. I don't want him. I don't want that dude around, Spidey. And then, uh, and then one day, so this this went on with this dude Spidey for a while. And then, then one day, Spidey. So that in Flagstaff, Arizona, the train like runs, splits the town in half, dude. And like, there's the the downtown, and then there's the college on the other side, and the bars are on one side of the tracks, and the residential stuff's on the other side of the tracks. If, and uh, 
haven't been to Flagstaff in 30 years. Don't know what Flagstaff looks like nowadays. It's probably pretty built up, dude, I'd imagine. But anyway, I lived, I, I was, I, I, I snowboarded with whatever it's called with 300 plus inch winter one year. It was rad, dude. And, uh, anyway, it's another story. So, uh, so, so one day we're sitting out our thing and someone's like, did you hear about Spidey? We're like, what happened to Spidey, man? Dude's a cop. They're like, Spidey got run over by the train last night. And I look at my buddy and I go, ah, I guess Spidey wasn't a cop after all, dude. <laughs> it's my Spidey story, dude. This dude, all this dude wanted to do was give us an ounce of weed, dude. And we were just like, nope, dude's a cop. Spidey wasn't a cop, dude turns out spidey got run over by the train oh spidey <laughs> uh, life man life's gnarly dude life is so gnarly dude that's what i would tell again to the to the uh to the young people dude live it live it while you can dude don't wait for it don't wait for life man Life's coming at you full speed, dude. Don't wait for it. Don't sit around. Live it, dude. I mean, I lived life pretty radically and I still wasted a bunch of it, like being high and ripping bong hits and waiting around for dope dealers and just being stupid. I don't regret any of it. I had to do it my way, but like you, you realized like that like, I don't know. Again, it's it's just the journey that got me here. So I, I just share that with, with those of you out there that take advantage of your time while you have it, dude. Because uh, the one thing that you don't want is to have a a lack of memories when you get older, right? Like I can sit, I don't do it all a lot because I don't really dwell on the past, but I don't shut the door on it either. But I don't really sit around on mem in memory laneville and be like, oh yeah, dude, I, it's all pretty comical. I got stories, stories, I had stories, dude, my own stories. But because I was out like living life, dude, I was going for it, dude, you know? I've, I, I think in this lifetime, I've had at least, let's see, seven, 10 different lives. Someone was, it was funny. Someone was talking to me, like asking if I believed in reincarnation. I don't believe in it in the traditional sense. I think you get one life, man. You get one life. But in that life, I believe in the, in the cycles of, of karma and reincarnation in this one life. I can look at my own life and be like, I have had numerous lives. I've been born and reborn again in, in, in different forms many times in this foot. I've been here 51 years. In 51 years, I've, I've experienced life radically enough to have, have, have had a bunch of different lives. I was a, I've been a cowboy. I've been a surfer, a skater, a tree hugger, an activist, a politician, a father, a drunk, a student, a traveler, a tourist, 
a builder, a drug addict, a junkie, and sober. I look at my life in the last 10 years, man, I'm almost 10 years, almost, almost 11 years sober, right? In the, my sobriety, I think about how many different lifetimes I've had. That first year was a lifetime. First year of sobriety is a, 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 its own unique life. And then I think about the, the, the years two to three, which getting to know myself years, like truly getting to love myself and not wanting to have anybody else involved in my life years. When I was doing art, I all did, when I was doing all the YouTube stuff, dude, was just me getting to know myself and love myself and appreciate myself. And, uh, and then, and then, man, all of a sudden, you, you know, you got all of a sudden, you have a family, dude. All of a sudden, you're having a child, dude. And then I look at the lifetime since Al's been born. You know, there was the the Rainbow Mountain years. Then there was the fire and the divorce and not, well, not the divorce, the separation, almost divorce. And then there's this life since the fire, you know, of, of recovery, of, of bringing it all back together, of living in this new house with, with, with the family united, man. And the sober Taliban years. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the sober Taliban. I, I got to download that stuff to, to uh, bit shoot. I got to start doing that, dude. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in- interesting. And so then you look at this thing. You look at this new life that started on in sometime in March, dude, right? This new life, dude, the... Uh, Whatever it's called. I don't even know what to call it, man. So I just, again, but but being present for it, knowing. See, that's the hard thing is to balance it sometimes because, see, part of the thing, part of like why I get fired up sometimes on these, these streams and where I get really impassioned about it is I believe in life. I believe in living life. I want more life. And I don't mean I don't want to like, grow old and die. Like I'm totally at peace with all that kind of stuff. I mean, like, I don't want my life hindered by chaos. You get what I'm saying? And that's why I get real like on my thing. Like I don't, I don't come out with the position about what I'm coming out with the position about because I want to fail. I did that once. I, 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 those are the pre-alcoholic years. And those might even be the early sobriety years, man. But uh, no, I don't take this lightly what's going on right now because I have plenty more life to live, dude. That's why I went up to Portland, you know, six weeks ago or two months ago. Not for any other reason than like, I'm not going to not go skate the Burnside again. I love the Burnside's my mecca, dude. Plenty of people are sitting around at home and just like are not living lives. Fear is taken out. I have no fear. You know, I think about it this summer, like like went on a couple of rad camping trips, went up to Big Sur, went up to the Sequoias, dude. It's time to start camping again into the winter, dude. We got the me and Al Al's like fired up to go camping. You know, it's that thing where like, no, I, I haven't surrendered. It was like that thing is like, I'll go skate. I'll go walk over the homeless people to go skate Venice, dude. Not for any other reason than because like 
I ain't quitting, dude. You ain't getting me to surrender, man. Not not in this life, dude. I'm not I'm not putting it down, dude. I didn't quit when my back exploded. I think about the lifetime with my back injury, dude. Overcoming that, dude. I'm not giving up on any of it, dude. You're not telling me to to stay in my cage and live in fear, dude. I didn't live in fear when I didn't have anything, dude. I think about those years of of being crisscross. I can't how many times I've driven across the country. I need to drive across the country again one of these days, dude. Just on principle alone, dude. I used to drive across the country all the time. I was thinking about that the other day, man. I was super aware. I was super aware in the in the late 90s. I remember talking with a friend of mine. It still stands out to me. I was like, you know, we're in the golden age of driving. He's like, what do you mean? I go, this is the golden age of driving a car. And he's like, like huh? I go, dude, gas costs nothing. There's no... No, there was just before all the cell phones and stuff, dude, you could literally just, you could cross America for a hundred bucks. Nah, hundred bucks, 300 bucks, maybe. What's it? You could take, it's at 3,000 miles, dude, 10, 10 tanks of gas. Gas is like 15 bucks a tank, dude. I remember, in, I remember I was living in Portland, Oregon in 19, it was, must've been, I was living in the Southeast, so it must've been around 95, 96, 96. I remember being at the ga- a, a 76 station in Southwest Portland, Oregon and the gas station attendants like, dude, gas is gonna be at over a dollar tomorrow. I remember the day that night, I remember that night, that dude telling me gas is going to be over a dollar tomorrow, dude. And I remember being in Portland. I remember it was raining that night, dude. I was over in south southwest Portland somewhere down there by OHSU, dude, coming out of the blocks there. And the, I stopped and the guy was like, it's going to be over a buck, dude. And I, I was like, wow. He's like, we don't have the little, they didn't have the little thing on the signs to put the dollar thing in. There was, dude, I li- I've lived in a time when the, the gas station signs only had two spots for numbers for gas prices, not the third with the, the dot. It was just gas was, I remember gas was 99 cents that night, dude. 99 cents that night. And then it's, it's never been anything under a dollar ever since dude isn't that trippy man nick when you think about that dude i i still when i was living in portland oregon dude we still had phones plugged into the wall dude i was dude i used to you know i made my money i i dude this is what you'll, you'll trip you out i was doing i was a full professional tree activist and i was designing websites with html for the soros foundation how is that dude I used to, I built a website for the Soros Foundation in 1996, dude, with HTML, dude. My dad hooked me up with it, dude. <laughs> yeah, how trippy is that, dude? I didn't work for Soros. I worked for this lady. 
Uh, Illuminati confirmed. That's right, dude. I didn't wear my Lego shirt tonight. Here, dude. Here's some bricks for you, dude. Yeah. That's funny, dude. Deep state. Yeah. HTML, dude. I remember HTML. At the same time I was making this book, I was writing my second novel at the time. I was locking myself to trees. And I was also making this book called Go Play in the Streets, dude, where I would, I was making these maps to skate spots for cities. Dude, I had the whole West Coast. It's kind of ahead of my times, dude, the Lego code, dude. Confirmed reptile, exactly it. Yeah. I think about that, dude. I was doing it on one of those Mac, not not Mac, the, the box, keep, uh, I have to, the computers, man. It's funny, dude. Think about it all, dude. I think about how crazy, what a, what a crazy like journey, 50 years. Imagine what someone who's like 80, what they think, 80, went through like were children born before World War II, dude. I guess my parents are almost 80, maybe 90, some 90 year old thinking right now, like what the hell is going on here, dude? I was like, I was saying, I was at the, uh, was at that, that Trump headquarters dude over there. And there was a bunch of old timers there, man. Just old people, dude, no masks, not worried about anything, dude. It's one lady I was talking to, Dottie, Dottie. It came from a time where they named their children Dottie. Her name was Dottie. Short for Dorothy, I had figured. Dude, Dottie. Dottie was run. She was, you know, so I was, I was talking to Dottie because I like old people. I love, I love old timers who are still out doing it, dude. Believing in the thing. She's, she's like, this is the eighth election I've run. The eighth presidential election I've run the, uh, the campaign headquarters here for Thousand Oaks, man. Eight presidential elections. She's like, I've been to the White House eight times, dude. She's like, and I go, oh, you're going you're gonna to go again, dude. I was like, Dottie, you're going again. It was trippy talking to her, man. When she was just, it was this, this thing, dude. She didn't have, she didn't have a, she didn't have a bone of anger in her body, dude. Dottie, dude. Dottie was cool. Like, Dottie, I was like, I'll go hang out with Dottie over there any old time, dude. Just talk Dottie, dude. Dottie. You know? And it, it was, uh, yeah, t I don't know if technology's progression has been, been beneficial to us, dude. Talking to Dottie, dude. I, I was funny. Dottie, Dottie was, I was there with, with hanging out with Dottie, buying some paraphernalia and, and, uh, some dude came in. So, you know, a bunch of, dude, it was packed. I'll tell you what, dude, it was packed, by the way, packed. People coming in, Bob, give me a flag, give me some stickers, dude, just packed, dude. People rolling in, dude. And this one dude's like, Dottie, you got to get a, you got to get a square space. She's like, what? She's like, yeah, it's the credit card reader thing, dude. And she's like, dude, it's cash only, man. He's like, I know, but you'll, you'll make you'll be more missed. She's like, it's cash only, dude. 
it was just, it was, it was just that old timer. Like it was totally like loving and kind how she was saying it. Like she was like, it's cash only. It was, it was true rad, dude. I was just like, God bless you, Dottie. But she had the little box with the, with the handle, the little, the little, the little money box, dude, taking the cash, dude, for the, for the RNC, dude, Thousand Oaks, dude. It was rad, dude. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, on this is there was a, the as I, I, I sat there and like, I listen to people, dude, a lot too. A lot of, a lot of switchers, man. A lot of people who switched over were there, dude. Like first timers, lifelong Dems in there, like getting their, getting their paraphernalia, dude. Like we're done. It's very interesting, dude. And a bunch of old timers there. I, I just like those old timers. I used to, I used to hang out when I lived in Portland and back before it became all polarized, there used to be these things called the democratic societies. And the democratic society was, was people of opposing or all different political parties would meet once a month to discuss what was on the local agenda for the city. So in Portland, there was the democratic society and they recruited me from a uh, city council meeting. These old timers were like, Hey, you should come by the democratic society. Dude. And I'm like, sure. It's nonpartisan, dude. So all are welcome. So it was all these old timers, dude. I, I remember I used to love going to this thing. It was all these old timers and they were all like people would serve. Like, so this was in the 90s. So they were all like 60s, something like that. They'd all been like firemen and boat captains and dock workers and like real salt of the earth people and they had like all the dudes had fought in like world war ii and stuff like like real like gung-ho man gung-ho americans dude and uh they used to meet once a month and it was it was so cool like it's funny how how bad it's gotten because it, we used to it used they used to meet and i was like one of the young guys i was like you know i was in my early 20s dude i'd show up there with my girlfriend at the time we go hang out with these old timers and they would, they would, they would talk and get into it about, you know, what was on the city, Portland city agenda. I want these, if the, I, these people can't be alive now because they would be spinning in their grave of what is going on up in Portland because they were, they were, they were people that were all about the, the hearty discussion of opposing ideas the democratic society. That's what they were about. The democratic society. Like, like, can, can like wrap your head around it. Like, I, I just want to reiterate it. These people were of opposing political parties. They were Democrats, Republicans. I was a green at the, I think I was a green at the time, dude. Super green at the time. I was a full eco guy, dude. And we'd all sit there and, and, they would have like a, a meeting and be like, all right, this is what's on the city council agenda coming up. And this is what we think about it. And that's where I got involved with saving the Portland water supply. Because, and so what we had done in, in the, as this democratic society, bipartisan, by the way, was formed a, uh, 
what, what, what we tried to change the city charter with a ballot initiative, dude, called Not in Our Pipes, dude. These old timers had the funnest time arguing about their opposing ideas. That I guess that's what I want to say is, is these old timers who had been through the trauma to start to end this, to take this conversation back to where we started. These people had been through the trauma of World War II. All these people had been through the trauma of World War II. And so they used to debate their super opposing ideas in solidarity of having survived the catastrophe of World War II. And there was nothing that they opposed each other about which was worth destroying the fabric of their community. It stands out to me. That's why why I'm so bummed about what's going on right now is I've been with real people that opposed each other and ultimately had their main focus being making society better. And to see what this has devolved into is is sad, pathetic. And, And that's why like, you know, that's why I will go. I don't, I don't care. That's why I liked talking to Dottie the other day. Dude, that's why I'm stoked I went to the Republican Party headquarters here was because it was full of old timers and they reminded me of those people that I used to go to, to hang out with in Portland, dude, that used to debate ideas and, and oppose each other and, and get all fired up, dude, and then leave the thing and talk about going bowling the next day or fishing or whatever that is. Buddies, dude, that's the way, that's the way America's supposed to be, dude. You're supposed to roll with people you totally don't agree with and go fishing and skateboarding and, and, and hold each other's opposing ideas as cherished. You're supposed to cherish someone's opposition. You're supposed to cherish someone who who is on the opposite side of ideology in this country. They're they're the one you're supposed to hold up, not the person who who echo chambers you. You're supposed to celebrate people who oppose you. That's what I try to always say on this thing. They, I don't let them bum me out. It's I, it's just watching it. I love Portland, Oregon, dude. I I love Portland, Oregon. I'm no. I will always be bummed at at, at how, what's going on up there. I, I it saddens me because I I I was there and saw the beauty of what could could be. I saw America at a great time in the '90s, man. The '90s was a great time to be in. Maybe the peak of America, from what I can tell. Pre 9-11, all that stuff. But circling back to kind of what I what I'm getting onto with this this thing is these old timers. Oh, I broke my train of thought, dude. All caps, dude. You messed me up, man. So I don't like all caps, dude. And draw my attention out of my thought stream. Um the old timers, Portland Democratic Society, dude. Anyway, the thought is the thought's lost, but it's it's this thing of of I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a believer, dude. At the end of the day, about all this stuff, I know I know it. It, it okay. Oh. I know where I wanted to go with this. So I've been watching this. I'll pull it up for you, dude. 
I've been going to, I stumbled onto this channel the other day. I newly subscribed to it, dude. So I got to see if it, it'll come up. Hold on. I, I'm going to try to share this link with you to the channel. I don't know what it's called, but what it is, is it's, I don't know if it's got to be India or Sri Lanka or something here. Nope. It's people casting aluminum. Here it is. Project 03, dude. Wait, just a second. Let me get the link for you, dude. How do I get it, dude? Just wait one second. How do I get the link? Subscribe. I want to share this. All right, here we go. Boom. I just did the old traditional way. Copy. So I've been watching this Project 103 thing, and it's it's dudes that are sand casting aluminum parts and stuff in in Bangladesh or India or something, man. And so you watch this thing, right? And it's these videos are like seven minutes long. They've made the they'll do this thing and that they'll they'll get the sand, they'll pack it down, they'll put this thing in there, they'll do this thing, and and then they'll they'll cast this thing. Well, you're watching it, right? These dudes are barefoot. They're in some, like, brick, crummy-looking factory, not factory warehouse space and some broken-down reality, dude. And you're watching these, these dudes make this stuff, and you're like, dude, that is so filthy, and gnarly and radical what they're up to because they'll have their like little pit where they're melting scrap metal down to and they got it going and they're making their little thing and then they're making these perfect like there's one I was watching the other day a guy was making gear pieces for t some Toyota transmission dude and and the dude's barefoot and you can hear children laughing in the backyard he's in like a, like his backyard but it's not like a western backyard it's some like third world Indian backyard and he's got his thing and it's just dirty and stuff and he's making these pieces and I'm watching this and I'm like anyone who's got the balls to say America sucks man needs to watch this video watch this channel dude watch this channel dude and you can go oh well you know like capitalism this and that and this and that I go dude you watch that video, watch these people making this stuff and go, you couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. None of us could do this stuff. It's, it's, it's radical what they're doing and it's very primitive and it's very like, whoa, dude, like it's radical, but it's dirty and broken down and just people making things happen. There was this one video on this channel. It's Project 103, dude. It's, it's trippy, dude. I just highly, it's just something else, dude. I don't know, dude. It's just something else. You watch these dudes making this. There's this dude, they're in this one place. This dude's rehabbing batteries, dude. Like, it's a whole video. This dude takes batteries apart and does this thing where he, like, remakes the batteries, dude. Like, big batteries, dude. Like, batteries, dude. I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know you could do that, dude. But you can, out of necessity, do anything you need. This is all necessity stuff for these people with this localized industry stuff. And I'm watching this, man. And I'm like, 
these people destroying all the stuff and complaining about the cops and the this and the coof and the, the orange man and all that stuff. You need to watch these videos. Because you watch this video and you go, the entitlement of anyone in modern America who can complain. I got it. There's some bad stuff. There's people living under overpasses and there's people shooting junk and, you know, all sorts of stuff going on in trailer parks throughout America, dude. I get it, dude. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a certain element of our society that thinks that destroying this place is going to help people around the world or something. I'll tell you what, these people in these foundries making stuff that don't have any worker protection or masks or air, clean air or any of this or shoes for that matter, it looks pretty grim, dude, right? It looks pretty grim on a certain level. But then you, then if you really think about it, you really pull the lens back for one hot second and take the propaganda guilt out of it and you go... Dude, if we don't make Toyotas, this dude doesn't have a reason to make sand-casted aluminum gears to repair Toyotas in India. I know it's very like this thing, but again, when you're watching these people build this stuff, in this thing that they're doing. They're doing it because there's a need for it. There's an economy. There's a world economy going on. Yeah, I get it. It's not fair. There's all sorts of inequities and all of that stuff. But when you destroy a city like Portland, right? When you're destroying a city like Portland or New York or Chicago or Los Santa Monica, or you're destroying all these cities, the ripple effect out of it is some dude sandcasting Aluminum parts on the other side of the world is tied in a very six degrees of separation way from our world. And our world needs to sustain itself right now so those dudes can like do their thing. Because if that dude can't sand cast his part in his backyard in some village in India, dude, he doesn't get to feed his kids either. Yeah, you go, it's not clean and it looks toxic and uh, yikes, it's like, whoa, dude. But the entitlement of people thinking that by smashing up and destroying our economy here is somehow leveling the playing field over there is hubris at its finest. Because again, I come from the philosophy of a rising tide lifts all boats. Draining destroying the harbor where the boats are docked to sinks everything, dude. And that's what's going on right now. That's why I've come on so strong. And, and I'm talking about this in a very like psychedelic way about it all. Because when I watch those people casting these parts over in India, they're skilled, dude. Like, yeah, they may not, you can tell these people aren't like educated, they're not like, you can tell it looks like mindless work, but there, there's something these, when you watch these videos on this Project 103 channel, what you see is ingenuity, the human ingenuity. And again, it's where I kind of ranted the other day, dude, is human ingenuity is, it's, the brakes are being put on it 
not by cops, not by what's going on in the U.S. What's being put on it, breaks on it, is the economic structure of interest-bearing currency, dude. And you really see it because these dudes, when you watch these dudes, like I'm telling you, you can watch them cast all sorts of different things. But I'm telling you, when you go to the one, it's pretty recent on there, where the guy's casting a gear wheel with the gear teeth. And you're like, that gear thing, and he shows it, that gear thing is going in a vehicle. It's not, the dude's not casting jewelry for Bill Wall leather, dude. The dude's not casting trinkets. The dude's casting a gear wheel. Right. Well, why is that dude casting a gear wheel? Well, because like they're like it's cheaper. It's because we can't get the gear wheel through the normal supply chain because the supply chains because they got some Toyota over there and they're living out in the the poverty of whatever world they are and they're like you know how we make a gear wheel is like we we make one from an old one and like make a new gear wheel, dude. Good night, Bathel. And. And again, I see this and I go, the reason to hang on to society is not for any other reason than we all got to hang on to it together, man. Like we can make the world a better place, dude. Like when I watch those dudes casting that stuff with their their feet, you watch the dude's foot's all bandaged up and he's stamping, they're filthy and it's just dirty and hot and like gnarly, but you hear the kids playing in the background. You hear, that's the thing, you're watching this dude build, cast this thing and you can hear, because there's no talking going on. There's no like me babbling, oh, look at the guy, he's, now he's stamping the thing down and he's pouring the hot, it's just quiet in this dude's space, and you're watching him cast this, sand cast this gear part. In the background, all you hear is children laughing and playing in the background. 